Greetings and welcome to Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. I am Jerry Usher along with Debbie Giorgiani and Ace McKay, our producer, is with us here. We're not going to be taking live calls today. It is a pre-recorded program, but I believe this is going to be one of the, maybe one of the most important shows we've ever done, and we want you to really take in everything that is said and talked about and discussed here on this program. It is going to be a program about divine mercy. Debbie, uh, I know I know you're chomping at the bit for this one, and I'm ready for it too. Oh, absolutely. We're so excited to have this very special guest with us the entire hour, so please, I I agree with Jerry. Uh, sit back and, and let it all sink in because I know it's a cliche, but um, this was a spiritual game changer for me. And uh, we wanted to share it with all of you, the Take Two family. So Jerry will do the proper introduction of our wonderful guest, but I just want to share the backstory so that all of our um, regular listeners and our new listeners can understand what has happened actually in my my spiritual life. So many, uh, many years Years ago, Jerry introduced me um, to the Station of the Cross, a wonderful Catholic radio network, and um, I was so excited to be able to host uh, their pledge drives. And I have been, I believe, Jerry, since uh, 2000. Wow, it's got to be like two, mm-hmm. 2010, 2011. Right, and. Yeah. Um, for many years, folks, years, I heard this man on the radio pour his heart and soul on the radio talk about divine mercy. And I would say to Jerry on the breaks, I would say, Jerry, what is Rick talking about? What is he's he's like it became so much a part of his being. He would and I I was intrigued. And so on the breaks during pledge drives, I would listen to Rick Paulini and he would be talking to the the audience on the radio and and it just started to just drip into my soul. <laughs> and and one day, um thank thank goodness, um it was made available the diary of St. Faustina and I have forever uh, been changed. I can never go back. Um, it's unbelievable. And I I say this all the time to our Take Two family. I'm so grateful to Rick Paulini for for um, the fact that he just gave 100% on the radio so he could impart the message to all of us because it made an impact. Well, it made an impact on me. And I could just imagine it made an impact on thousands and thousands of souls. He, and so, Jerry, with that, I wanted to give the backstory so that our, our listeners could understand when I mention Rick, that is the reason why, because um, he is near and dear to my heart. I love him, and I'm forever grateful that he um, has has um, promoted this devotion so um, intensely, and you know he does it with such joy, and it's it's amazing. So I'll turn it over to you, Jerry. All right. Well, we have Rick Paolini joining us here on this episode of Take Two. Rick is Director of Finance and Human Resources at the Station of the Cross, a multi-station network that also has the iCatholic Radio app and uh, doing such great work in the Catholic Radio Vineyard. He's also the host of Divine Mercy in My Soul uh, radio program with Father Yatsik Mazur there at the Station of the Cross. So, Rick, great to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you so much. And, you know, Debbie, you gave the backstory, and you were so kind but I have to give my backstory because Divine Mercy may have changed your life, but before that, it changed mine. And I am forever grateful to Jesus and to St. Maria Faustina. And I'm grateful for 
a number of things, and I'll, I'll let you know what those were because I was, I've always been a very good Catholic. I've always done all of the Catholic things. You know, I was very good at practicing my religion. And some things bothered me all the time. And one of the things was I would, I would hear John 14, verses 27 to 31, and it said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives it, do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And I was such a good Catholic doing all those Catholic things, and very often I was troubled and afraid. So I wondered, what am I missing? Am I not praying enough? Am I not praying right? Um, and suffering. Suffering was the other thing that really I did not understand it. And it was a time in my life when I'm, I'm very happily married. I have five children. Uh, they're now grown, but... When I was being introduced to the Divine Mercy Devotion, my wife was severely suffering severely with depression. And thank God there are many good medicines now, and she's doing much better. But about that time, I had been doing ministries with my brother, and his story is a story in and of itself. But he and his partner, who started a mission in the city of Buffalo, I went to a meeting, and at the end of the meeting, during the meeting, they had mentioned that they were going to leave their work and start a mission in the city of Buffalo. And Amy Betros, who is my, the co-founder of the mission, handed me a book, and it was really thick. It was 699 pages, and she said, the mission is founded on the principles in this book, and you're going to love it. And I knew immediately I wasn't going to love it, because I'm a, I'm a two-sentence and sound-asleep guy. Mm -hmm. So 699 pages was way out of my league. But I knew them, and I knew what was in their hearts, so I started to read it. And you know what happened, Jerry, Jerry and Debbie? I, I thought St. Faustina was crazy. <laughs> because the way she spoke with, to Jesus and about him, it really made me uncomfortable, because I was thinking to myself, she's, she's treating Jesus like a lover. She's, she, she's loving him so much. And to be honest with you, it, I came to the realization that my love of God was in my head, but her love of Jesus was in her in her heart. And as I as I put it down, and to be honest, it took me about a year to pick it up and start reading it again. And that, in conjunction with the difficulties that my wife was going through, what it caused difficulty for my family, that suffering those fears, those anxieties. And then I reached entry 342 and 343 in the diary. 342 says, suffering is the greatest treasure on earth. It purifies the soul. And I read that and I go, who are you kidding? It's not a treasure at all. Then I get to 343 and oh, hold on, hold on to that one just for a second, Ricky. Hear the music. We got an immovable break here, but we'll be right back. Can't wait to hear the other entry that really caught your heart's attention as well. We're talking about Divine Mercy with Rick Paolini today. He's the Director of Finance and Human Resources at the Station of the Cross, located in Buffalo and throughout the Northeast. This is a pre-recorded broadcast just for you, the Take-Two family. We're speaking with Rick Paolini from the Station of the Cross. 
and he promotes the uh, Divine Mercy messages from St. Faustina, and we will get back to the great conversation we're having with him and, and hearing the story of his journey with this wonderful um uh, St. Faustina's Diary. So before we get back with Rick, um, let me just share with our listeners of the Take-Two family, EWTN News email, okay, because it's in your email inbox. So so listen up, folks. This is awesome. Through redemptive Catholic journalism, EWTN News helps advance the gospel and teachings of the church. Get our trusted Catholic news in your email inbox, please. It's very important. Visit EWTN.com and click on subscribe. Okay. Yeah, Rick, you had shared one of the entries that really drew you into the whole work of Divine Mercy uh, by Sister uh, St. Faustina. You were going to mention a second one that was very impactful for you. Yes, the first was 342. And again, it was a time in my life when I was going through so many really suffering, and I, I was watching the suffering that my wife was going through, and it just did not seem to make sense. And then when I read that 342 and it's the suffering is a great is the greatest treasure on earth. I'm not I'm not believing that. And then I got to 343. And 343, true love is measured by the thermometer of suffering. That hit me so hard because if true love is measured by the thermometer of suffering then I should be willing to suffer the most for the one that I love the most, and that would be my wife. And who suffered the most for me? Jesus. And it gave me a totally different perspective on suffering. Then Faustina goes on to say, and these are the words of St. Faustina, I thank you for the daily crosses. I never thank God for the daily crosses, for opposition to my endeavors, for the hardships of communal life, for the misinterpretation of my intentions, for humiliation at the hands of others, for the harsh way in which we are treated, for false suspicions, for poor health and loss of strength, for self-denial, for dying to myself, for lack of recognition in everything, for the upsetting of my plans. And this was the kicker. Thank you, Jesus. Her interior suffering. And she goes on to thank Jesus for all of these things that I really did not like in my life. And when I read that, I said, okay, I am going to be willing to suffer for my wife. And furthermore, whatever it is that Faustina has that allowed her to run through that litany of things that I don't like, and at the end of it, Say, Jesus, I thank you. I couldn't put it down. And I just kept reading and reading and reading, and I began to realize the value of suffering. And we'll talk more about that. But in entry 270 in the diary, St. Faustina writes, True works of God always meet opposition and are marked by suffering. Jerry and Debbie, do you find that to be the case? <laughs> no oh, doubt. Oh, yes. No doubt. <laughs> it's marked by opposition and marked by suffering. And then she goes on to say, Great love can change small things into great ones. And it is only love which lends value to our actions. And the purer our love becomes, the less there will be within us 
for the flames of suffering to feed upon. And the suffering will cease to be a suffering for us. It will become a delight. Hmm. That, those, those words of St. Faustina made sense of what was senseless in my life, that suffering can become a delight. And again, I would later find out that by joining it to the cross of Jesus, and I found that within my own life, St. Faustina has taught me that every single suffering that we have has value, that as sufferings come up every single day, I have been blessed to say, I offer this for this. I offer this for the salvation of souls. I offer this for this individual who's going through these difficulties. And in a sense, it does become a delight. And going back to the idea of practicing religion, I came to the realization that faith, for me, in essence, with all the definitions you have, it's my relationship with Almighty God. Mm. And as I was learning and practicing my religion, I wasn't growing in relationship to God. I was not growing in relationship to God. The God that I knew was distant. The God that I knew was in my head. And I needed to get my relationship to God in my heart. You know, the Protestants speak of having a personal relationship with Jesus. And I started to recognize, as St. Faustina was revealing herself and the revelations of Jesus on Divine Mercy, she had that. She had that personal relationship. That's why it made me so uncomfortable, because her love was from her heart. Her full relationship with Jesus was from her heart. Mine was from my head. And I would pray, St. Faustina, please help me. Please help me to get what you have to move that relationship, that love of Jesus, into my heart and out of my head. And, and it was amazing, because what ends up happening, as you grow in a relationship with Jesus, Jesus introduces you to a deeper relationship with the Father, and he helps you grow in deeper relationship with the Spirit, and that's what helped me. And then with that, I grew in greater relationship with the Blessed Mother. And again, to understand divine mercy. Entry 742 in the diary. These are the words of Jesus to St. Faustina. My daughter, if I demand through you that people revere my mercy, you should be the first to distinguish yourself by this confidence in my mercy. I demand, and I like this entry because it's one of the few places where Jesus used the word demand. I demand from you deeds of mercy. We're called to be people of mercy. We're called to be people who love and be loved because we love Jesus. It goes on to say, I demand from you deeds of mercy, which are to arise out of love for me. You are to show mercy to your neighbors always and everywhere. You must not shrink from this or try to excuse or absolve yourself from it. He's telling St. Faustina that if you're going to be my Secretary of Mercy, first and foremost, I demand that you be an example of mercy always and everywhere. And it goes on, I am giving you three ways of exercising mercy toward your neighbor. 
the first by deed, the second by word, the third by prayer. In these three degrees is contained the fullness of mercy, and it is unquestionable proof of my lo- of your love for me. So we're called to be people of mercy by deed, by word, and by prayer. And it goes on to say, By this means a soul glorifies and pays reverence to my mercy, and then speaks of Divine Mercy Sunday. Yes, the first Sunday after Easter is the Feast of Mercy. But there must also be acts of mercy. And this is important. I demand the worship of mercy through the solemn celebration of the feast and through the veneration of the image which is painted. By means of this image, I shall grant many graces to souls. It is to be a reminder of the demands of my mercy, because even the strongest faith is of no avail without works. Wow. Jerry, what's, what's the perfect number considered in the Scripture? Um, seven? Correct. Do you know how many times Jesus spoke of the Feast of Mercy to St. Faustina? Fourteen uh, times. It's 14? double. Wow. It's <laughs> double the perfect number. So he mm-hmm. made it a point to say that this feast is so important because on that day, the floodgates of his mercy will be opened up. And Jesus told St. Faustina in another section in the diary, neither man nor angel will ever be able to understand the depth of my mercy. Wow. It's unfathomable. Mm-hmm. We have no way of understanding truly how much the love of Jesus extends that mercy to us. Mm -hmm. And when it speaks of the image, it's speaking of the image of divine mercy that St. Faustina, uh, and she was in her cell, I believe it was February 21st of 1922, or 32, 1932 and February 21st, and she saw the image of Jesus. And Jesus said, I want you to paint an image according to the pattern you see, and sign it with the signature, Jesus, I trust in you. The message of our Savior for the 20th and 21st century and beyond, it's five words, Jesus, I trust in you. In Polish, it's Jezu umfam tobia. It's only three words in Polish. So, we have to recognize that if that is the message for us in this time, that we need to heed it. And I will add that Pope John Paul II, Saint Saint Pope John Paul II, on June 7th of 1997, he was at the tomb of Saint Maria Faustina, and he said this, There is nothing that man needs more than divine mercy, that love which is benevolent, which is compassionate, which raises man above his weakness to the infinite height of the holiness of God. In this place, we become particularly aware of this. From here, in fact, went out the message of divine mercy, that Christ himself chose to pass on to our generation through St. Faustina. 
And it is a message that is clear and understandable for everyone. Mm -hmm. Anyone can come here, look at this image of the merciful Jesus, his heart radiating peace, and hear in the depths of his own soul what Faustina heard. And these are the words of Jesus. Fear nothing. I am always with you. And if this person responds with a sincere heart, Jesus, I trust in you. He will find comfort in all his anxieties and fear. I come here to commend the concerns of the Church and of humanity to the merciful Christ. On the threshold of the third millennium, I come to entrust to him once more my Petrin ministry. Jesus, I trust in you. Now, Faustina was not canonized then. So he didn't refer to her as St. Faustina because, again, it was 1997. Mm -hmm. But, again, when I spoke at the beginning of the fear and the anxiety that I had, I was beginning to realize that when you have that relationship with Jesus that is not only in your head but is in your heart, like most of the saints do, they all have that. And you trust in Jesus. It changes your life. For you know, I fe- it's fear nothing. I am always with you. And there are so many situations where I would have been so frightened that knowing Jesus loved me and was with me at all times, it made such a difference. And you know, Debbie, when you speak of of the changing of your life. It does change your life. It becomes integrated into who you are, and it makes such a, a such a big difference. I'm not so I'm not too sure how many minutes we have left in this segment. If I continue reading, yeah, just just a couple minutes. But but Rick, I want there's so much I want to comment on and and ask you questions because. You know, at three o'clock in in the day, you know, the chaplet of divine mercy and so many people love the devotion. And, you know, it's interesting. You talked about the diary and, and being 700 pages. I felt this. I felt the same way. And I think a lot of people do. I, I actually gave the diary out as Christmas gifts a couple years ago. And I had people calling me six months later and they finally uh, broke it open and they said, wow, where have I been? This is amazing. And it's, and I think at first when you see the, the, how thick the book is and how small the font is, um, it, it's, it, you, you, you get a little bit like, well, what am I supposed to do? Read the whole thing. But you read, you know, three or four entries from the diary and they are so rich in, in, um, you know, the, the concept and the, in, and the, um, the message and what Jesus had to say to St. Faustina. And then in the diary, there's there's St. Faustina's uh, reflections as well. And there's so much we can talk about, Rick. But, you know, on take two, we always cover, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. And I and I, I also want to address in, in the next part of the show, um, you know, this this opposition to the diary. There's been, there's been a lot on social media and out there, um, you know, saying, you know, why does this have to be something that we all have to go to. So I'd like to cover that as well. And Jerry, um, I'm, I think I could speak for you. I could listen to Rick forever mm-hmm. talk about um, St. Faustina and the messages. Um, what, what are your thoughts so far? 
Well, I'm loving every bit of it, Rick. And if you can hold on, hold on, we'll get back into the message that you wanted to share about divine mercy. This is take two with Jerry and Debbie, a pre-recorded broadcast today. Not taking your phone calls, but we hope that you are not only listening to the program but praying the program today, because Rick Paulini is sharing his love of uh, not not just the devotion to divine mercy, but the lifestyle of divine mercy, the way of life. We'll be right back. Again, it's Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, pre-recorded broadcast talking about Divine Mercy, St. Maria Faustina, and she was the recipient of the messages from Jesus and uh, this whole, uh, the whole uh, Divine Mercy, the diary, and as we said before, a way of life. It is not just a devotion that we do. We don't just pick up the chaplet, bang that out in about eight minutes, and, and, and we're done with Divine Mercy. No, we are called to incorporate it. We'll first receive it into our souls, incorporate it into our lives, and, and from that should flow deeds, words, and prayers. So Rick Paulini is of the Station of the Cross. He is the Director of Finance and Human Resources there, has graciously made time to join us on on this broadcast today. So, Rick, uh, you can pick up wherever you would like because I, I know that the Take Two family who are listening right now are just absorbing all that you're sharing. Well, I hope it blesses them as it has blessed me. And I am aware that there are so many wonderful devotions in our Catholic faith. Divine Mercy is one of them. I do believe that God reveals Himself throughout history and gives us what we need at that particular time. And I think that this particular devotion is much needed. In entry 1074, Jesus says to St. Faustina, and these are the words of Jesus, The flames of mercy are burning me. I desire to pour them out upon human souls. Oh, what pain they cause me when they do not want to accept them. My daughter, do whatever is within your power to spread devotion to my mercy. I will make up for what you lack. Let me stop there for a second. That is a phrase that I repeat every single day. St. Faustina did not feel comfortable and competent to be the Secretary of Mercy. She only had two and a half years of education, although she was very intelligent, was known for her storytelling and her sense of humor. But Jesus told her, I will make up for what you lack. Every single morning in my prayers, I ask Jesus to please make up for what I lack. So when we're fearful of something that we encounter, remember that, that if it's truly of God and we are of a sincere heart, He says to St. Faustina, my daughter, do whatever is within your power to spread devotion to my mercy. I will make up for what you lack. Tell aching mankind to snuggle close to my merciful heart, and I will fill it with peace. And again, that peace that I was searching for was starting to come aboard because the love of God was moving from my head to my heart. And when I would have read that and said, you don't smuggle, snuggle to the heart of Jesus, that's God, you don't do that. I was changing, my heart was changing, and I said, you know what? I can handle that. I can handle snuggling to the heart of Jesus, 
because his arms are always open for me, especially when I'm afraid, when I'm, I'm, I'm frightened by something. I'm fearful. I can snuggle into the arms of Jesus. He goes on and says, Tell all people, my daughter, that I am love and mercy itself. When a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with such an abundance of graces that it cannot contain them within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Trust. We, we struggle with trust. We all struggle with trust. There are so many situations where, you know, you ask a person to say, do you trust in Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, ask them that again when there's something tough going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Don't we sort of back off? Don't we say, uh, you know, Lord, I can I can trust in you 100% in this. Uh, but mm, let me see, uh, maybe 60% in this area. Uh, maybe maybe this one I really want to take on myself because I'm really not sure how, how you would handle it. I know how I would handle it. But again, we're called to truly, to truly trust. And when we do that, it makes such an incredible difference. The entry 1452, Jesus said to St. Faustina, Do not fear, my little child. You are not alone. And you know what? None of us are alone. None of us are alone. He tells Faustina, fight bravely because my arm is supporting you. Fight for the salvation of souls, exhorting them to trust in my mercy as that is your task in this life and in the next life to come. It's a fight. You know, Debbie, you were talking about the the opposition to divine mercy, the difficulties that you may have promoting it. Anything that is truly of God that is saving souls is going to be met with opposition. There's absolutely no question about it. And the more souls that it's capable of saving, the more opposition it will have, because the devil hates it. Jesus told St. Maria Faustina, the devil hates you because of all of the souls you save. Hates her. He says, but the devil knows that he cannot harm you because you are under my protection. Isn't that great to know? That if we're in union with Jesus, and we trust in him, and we trust in his protection, the devil can't hurt us. He can give us, make us uncomfortable here and there, give us some anxiety sometimes, but he cannot hurt us. And, and St. Maria Faustina, she knew that. She knew that that devil could not hurt her. And consequently, she did everything with great confidence. If I may continue. Yeah. Yes. In just a moment, Rick, I have to ask you something because I'm getting older by the minute, so I'll forget it. Um, so I want to make sure we, we cover all, all angles of this. So I totally agree with you. You know, this, this is a private revelation. Um, it's a devotion that, um, you know, a lot, a lot of folks have, in, have um, incorporated into their spiritual lives, which is wonderful, very powerful. Um, you brought up a John Paul II, um, a great, a great saint who, um, who promoted um, the message 
images and um, had the had, had the images in um, put into our churches, right? So the the Jesus I trust in you, Divine Mercy image is in our 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 um, beautiful, wonderful Catholic churches, and we and we celebrate in the week after Easter. So that and there's a lot of. Um, uh, promises attached to that, and when when people enter into uh, that that uh, Sunday right after Easter, um, and really you know go to confession and really um, do you know all sorts of things to be able to highlight and to make it a a focus for that for that weekend. But you go back. To, I went back to let's go back to the opposing views real quickly, be only because I think it's important because we're in a world, Rick, and you said it, where we're fighting against a lot. Right? There's a a lot of opposition. There's the, the demons are really in plain in plain view. Um, so I've heard it said before because I've actually um, some of my some of my uh, personal talks when I go out into the community. I've talked about divine mercy, and people have said to me, "Oh, that the diary was burned. You know, she she was tricked by the by the devil." And and uh, I mean, I hear I, you could hear it all, and I'm sure you've heard everything. And people saying that, what do you say to those people to get them to realize? that of course the demons want this to go away. Of course the demons want us to ignore it and not, and not add it to our, our spiritual lives. What do you say to those folks? Because, um, I mean, I have to be really, really honest. There's even some clergy that have, that have made statements. So what, what do you say, Rick? I will pray for you. This is optional, Debbie, Jerry. Yeah. If any, any, Private devotion is optional for Catholics. This is optional, and the opposition is going to be there. And the greater the graces that can be obtained from a devotion, the more souls that can be saved, the more opposition there will be. I have had priests tell me that the Divine Mercy devotion is a cult. I have had priests tell me that I cannot promote what I don't believe in, and I don't believe in the promise of the grace of Divine Mercy Sunday. And all I can do is tell them that I will pray for them, because out of mercy, there is so much that can be gained. Souls are saved. The promise of Divine Mercy Sunday with the reception of communion and Divine Mercy Sunday for a soul that is in a state of, of grace is complete forgiveness of sin and punishment for that sin. It wipes the slate clean. And, you know, one of the most incredible things, if you take a look at it, Pope John Paul II died after and celebrating Mass on the Vigil of Divine Mercy Sunday. He was canonized rather quickly. And for me, that tells me that Jesus allowed him to witness to the fact that his slate was wiped clean when he received Eucharist on Divine Mercy Sunday. St. Faustina was canonized rather quickly, and again, for the same reason. And it, there, we, are, we are not, because of our free will, no one is forced to believe 
in any of the devotions. You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to believe in Lord. You don't have to believe in any of those private revelations. But we are so blessed that we have the opportunity here on your program to talk about Divine Mercy, to offer it to our listeners, not to jam it down the throat, but to say, this has changed lives. It has won souls to heaven. It's changed my life. Debbie, you said it changed yours. I know hundreds of people whose lives have been changed by this. We're offering this. I pray that this or some other devotion will bring souls to heaven. But if they choose not to embrace it, there's nothing we can do except pray for them. And that's a, you know, that's a part of mercy. People say, well, you know, how do you, how do you define mercy? The, the best explanation that I have, and there's all sorts of wonderful intellectual definitions of mercy, but it's very simple. It's love in action. It's forgiveness undeserved. If you read through the diary, all you hear about is love in action and forgiveness undeserved. Jesus says that the greatest sinners, the greatest sinners, if your sins be as scarlet, come to me, come to me, and I will forgive you if you are truly repentant. He says you have to ask him. But he will forgive. There's no sin that cannot be forgiven. Debbie, you know, you've heard me, and I think Jerry has also. I, I spoke of the fact that a couple times I spoke in a maximum security prison. And when I said that to the prisoners, one of the prisoners, his eyes swelled up. I, I welled up, excuse me, they didn't swell up, they welled up. And I had just said, no matter what you did, no matter how time, how many times you did it, Jesus will forgive you if you are truly sorry and you will never commit that again in your heart. You, you are forgiven. And afterward, he came up to me and he said, is what you said really true? And I said, yes, it is. And these were, you know, this is a maximum security prison. This, these weren't people that didn't pay their parking. Right. These were people who were really committed some pretty bad things. In entry 1148, Jesus says, every soul, and especially the soul of every religion, should reflect my mercy. My heart overflows with compassion and mercy for all. The heart of my beloved must resemble mine. From her heart must spring the fountain of my mercy for souls. Otherwise, I will not acknowledge, acknowledge her as mine. Again, if we embrace this, we must promote it in the sense of the way we live. We, we must be people of mercy. We must be people of mercy, and that's what we're called to be. There are so many things that Jesus uh, Jesus says, you know, in terms of the chaplet, he says, pray the chaplet, especially for the dying. When the chaplet is said at the bedside or not at the bedside of a dying person, 
I stand between the soul and the Father, not as a just judge, but as a merciful Savior. Mm. And Debbie and Jerry, I can tell you that I have been blessed to be at the bedside of many people who have died, including some of my closest relatives. And we have prayed the chaplet for them. And there's such a, a relief and a joy knowing and trusting in the promise of Jesus. There's a man that I prayed for. My, my wife and I took care of a particular individual for 35 years, and he left the church after Vatican II. And I won't get into it, but I can tell you that my wife and I prayed for him for 35 years for the salvation of his soul. And I had just had some surgery on my neck, and I, I would go visit him every day. And he was having some very serious health issues. And it reached the point where I sent my wife down to see how he was doing. And he was really bad. And I asked my wife to put him on the phone, and I said, you really need to go to the hospital. And he, unfortunately, he disliked doctors. He didn't trust hospitals. and He didn't want to go. But I, I convinced him to go. And God bless my one son, Daniel. He went down and helped to get him ready for the ambulance to take him. And my wife went to the hospital with him, and my wife called me after about an hour or so, and she said, listen. And he kept going, oh, God, have mercy on my poor soul. Oh, God, have mercy on my poor soul. Oh, God, have mercy on my poor soul. And I said to my wife, ask him if he would like me to call a priest. And she asked, and you know what he said? That would be wonderful. Hmm. I called a priest. The priest came, anointed him. Eight days later, he passed away. We had a nice funeral for him at my brother's mission. And I was just so, so thankful to God. But when we pray, we have to pray with patience and persistence. Because there were many times he, he was rather difficult to deal with. And I stuck with it. And I said, you know, Lord, I'll tell you a cute story. The one time he was giving me a really hard time and I was walking down the driveway out of his house. And I said, you know, Lord, I know your spirit is present in everyone, but man, you are hiding in this guy. But I stuck with it. I didn't, I didn't say, I'm finished with you. And I would, I would ask our listeners, if there's someone that you don't get along with, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for peace in their heart. Pray for peace in your heart. And ask Jesus to change, to touch your heart, to touch their heart. Now, they may not, you know, be gushy, you know, oh, let's make up. But at least have that peace in your heart. Have the peace in your heart. You know, there's there's one prayer that is my favorite here, and how are we doing on time? Oh, we've got about seven and a half minutes left, and I just wanted to mention something, Rick. And I, I've got—I know you were going to go somewhere with with your thought. I actually have a question related to what you were just saying, but we'll we'll see how we go with those in just a minute. But I, I want to remind our listeners that EWTN offers the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from Our Lady of the Angels Chapel every morning, eight Eastern time, and every two hours on EWTN Radio Essentials. So you can watch or listen to the Holy Mass from Our Lady of the Angels Chapel right here on EWTN. 
WTN Radio. Um, go ahead with your thought, Rick. I had a. I was going to ask you something related to what you were just saying, so you decide which direction no, we you, go here. What I would like to do, if you and Debbie allow me, um, I would like to close out my portion of the program with a prayer that is one of my absolute favorites. So go ahead with your question, Jerry. Okay. Um, and, and we had Father Chris Alar on the program uh, a while back, and he is very, very big in, in spreading the uh, the life, way of life of Divine Mercy as well. And he, his his grandmother, um, I think, committed suicide, if I'm not mistaken. Debbie, correct me if yes, I'm wrong. Did. Yeah, and, and, and Father Chris talks about, you know, God being outside of time and space and can go back and, and heal and touch and save somebody. Of course, those who, who take their own lives, they're maybe not in full possession of their faculties or their will anyway. But what I do, Rick, so many times is I think of people I've known in the past who are deceased, and I say, uh, Jesus, I say, Father, for the sake of your son's sorrowful passion, save this person and have mercy on him or her and on the whole world. And you know what I do, Rick? I say, God, you must do this. You have to do this. And the reason I say that is because we're asking through the passion of Jesus. I believe the Father can deny nothing when we ask through the passion of Jesus, especially in divine mercy. Am I making more of that than I should be, or should we have that kind of confidence? It is perfect, Jerry. Father Chris Alar was one of my teachers. So uh, you're in very good company. Father, uh, Father Michalenko who he and his sister translated the diary from Polish to English, and he was considered the top expert in divine mercy in the world. And in one of the sessions that I was privileged to be at that he was teaching, he was asked the question, and he said, God is outside of time, that you can pray the chaplet for someone who died years ago. Because God, being outside of time, knew back then that you would be praying that chaplet this time. Mm-hmm. So you, you're spot on, Jerry. It's absolutely, uh, from what I was told, absolutely correct, that you can pray for those who passed on years ago, and God knew that you were going to pray the chaplet or whatever prayer you pray right then and there. And I had a situation like that where I'd just given a talk and one of the ladies came up to me, and when I tell you, she was in, she was a mess. She was in total tears. And I said, what is the matter? And she said, I didn't know about this chaplet of divine mercy when my mother died two years ago. And I told her what I was told, and oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. She said, I'm going right home, and I'm going to pray the chaplet right now for my mom. Mm, beautiful. And again, it's the trust. It's the trust, because St. Faustina asked Jesus for things that were, to be honest, outlandish. There's one day when she asked Jesus if all souls that die today can go to heaven. And he said, you have no idea what you asked for, but because of the sincerity of the trust with which you asked it, I will grant it. Wow. Now, I'm sure there are people who struggle with that, but that's actually in the diary. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's that trust element uh, it's a devotion that can teach you about love. It's a devotion that can teach you, not help you through your fears, through your difficulties. And as I said, it changed my life. It made it made helping my wife and helping other people and understanding other people possible. 
And it moved that love of Jesus from my head to my heart. And I am forever grateful to uh, my brother Norm and his co-founder Amy for giving me that diary that I struggled to pick up. Now, you know, Jerry and Debbie, I don't, I don't know if I can do this, but... Well, we got about uh, a minute, minute yeah. and a half, Rick, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I want to... Yeah. I want to finish with the prayer. Yes, yes. And Rick, we're forever grateful to you. So just so you know that. So it goes all around. Everybody did their part. So yes, Rick, in the last minute, please, the prayer. Oh, my God. When I look into the future, I am frightened. But why plunge into the future? Only the present moment is precious to me, as the future may never enter my soul at all. It is no longer in my power to change, correct, or add to the past. For neither sages nor prophets could do that. And so what the past has embraced, I must entrust to God. O present moment, you belong to me whole and entire. I desire to use you as best I can. And although I am weak and small, you grant me the grace of your omnipotence. And so trusting in your mercy, I walk through life like a little child, Offering you each day this heart, burning with love for your greater glory. Amen. Amen. Wow, what a great note to end this conversation on. Rick Paolini, he is Director of Finance and Human Resources at the Station of the Cross, and together with Father Yatsi Mazur, has a, a podcast a radio show called Divine Mercy in My Soul. We have been talking about the way of life, not a devotion to divine mercy, but keep in mind, folks, as Rick likes to say, it is, is truly a way of life. Pick yourself up a copy of the Diary of St. Faustina. Take it little bite-sized pieces at a time, and your life will be changed as well. Rick, thanks so much for doing a great job today. We love you, and we hope to have you back on the show sometime. Thank you, and thank you for the privilege. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Well, what, what a great, it's a Amazing. pre-recorded broadcast. Yeah, we were not taking calls today. We thank you for listening. And definitely want to thank, in addition to Rick, our guest, Ace McKay, our producer, who puts these uh, tape shows together for us. We only run tape shows with interviews and when there are uh, uh, holidays, holy days, or when, we out of, when we're out of the studio. So, Yay, Ace, yeah. you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to wish you a beautiful and blessed day, and we ask St. Joseph to pray for us and all the angels and saints. Don't forget your guardian angels. They are with you. Let them work, work and fight for you. I'm Jerry Usher. For Debbie Giorgiani, may God bless you. Have a beautiful and blessed day.